I had a unique opportunity to sit down with my sister in arms, my battle buddy. She's going to tell her story. That story is coming up next. Trust and believe. Everybody to episode 136 of the Nomad Cast, and I'm here with a special guest, my sister in arms, a woman in Christ, a mother, a wife. Everything that you talk about that's greatness, sunshine, that is her. I want you to introduce soon to be retired. You to retire as a first sergeant or master sergeant? A first sergeant. Retired first sergeant. You a freaking E8. That's all that matters to me. Yes, retired sir. freaking first sergeant, <laughs> Mrs. Jones. What's going on, ma'am? All is well. Thank you for having me, DA. It's so good to catch up with yes. you. Yes. Awesome. Man, we, I tell you, our friendship has spread. We met in what, 2008, because I just came back from Korea. Mm-hmm. And I remember you were the first person I met in the unit. <laughs> I, I arrived there probably about 1630, 1700. You were sitting at the desk, and I was a staff sergeant. You was a staff sergeant. You was like, uh, uh, hello. And I'm like, oh, I'm the new staff sergeant. You said, where you coming from? I'm like, uh, first of all, no. Nah. I was like, uh, <laughs> Korea. And she said, well, I'm the ammo, because you was doing ammo. Ammo. Mm-hmm. And you was like, well, Sergeant Major ain't here. Because uh, I think she was a major at the time, Major Lurch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, Major like, Lurch. You like, mm-hmm. everybody isn't here. Uh, just come back tomorrow. And you was the only one in the office. I'm like, all right. Okay. All right. But then our friendship, man, they tell you blossom. Spent that time at 593rd, mm-hmm. went to freaking deployed to Kuwait. So enough about all that. I want you to tell your story. So how's everything going? Everything is going well. Um, I can't complain. God is still good. He's still Amen. in the blessing business. He still Amen. sits high and looks low. So all praises to the most high. That's it. Um, I've been fortunate enough to make it through this army career with 23 years, yes. six months, and 11 days. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Excited to, to look uh, to, to move into the next chapter uh, of my life. We just bought a new home in San Antonio. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, so Sweet. just trying to, you know, unpack and transition at the same time. It's been pretty stressful. It was a stressful summer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like, you know, you you know, that old term we used to use building an airplane in flight. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. I mean? yes. Very stressful. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's talk about the upbringing. How how did everything start with you? OK, so um I am the oldest on my mother's side and my father's side. So with my mother, it's me and one other sister. And then with my, um, on my dad's side, it's me, a brother, a sister, a brother. So girl, boy, girl, boy. So I'm the oldest on both sides. Oh, you the boss then. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm everybody's mom. Right, right. <laughs> I, I know that. I, yeah, I know that. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm, I'm, I've always been the mother hen. Mm-hmm. Even since mm-hmm. I was, you know, eight years old, I've yeah. always been the mother hen. So that that, that has not changed. Not right. even in the military, I was still <laughs> still mothering everybody. Yep. That is true. That is facts. <laughs> so, but I came from, you know, I came from a military background. Mm-hmm. I am actually third generation, um, third generation military. Um, I'm the only one that went army. Um, no, excuse me. I had one aunt that went army. Everybody else was air force, both sets of grandparents, the whole nine yards. Um, my mother retired from the air force, um, and everything. So that's how 
you know, I came about uh, going into the military, but I was born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, yep. Bluegrass. Kentucky. Go UK. I should have put my UK shirt on because I, I was home last week. So I should have okay. put my UK shirt on. Um and stuff. So that's why I was um, born and raised that um, did college for two years and then decided to try something new. <laughs> try, And that's what we all we strive to do is try something new, try something better. I want to say something before we get to the enlistment part. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I retired from Fort, Fort Knox. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Sometimes okay. I sometimes I didn't even know I did. But, <laughs> but I remember I remember I left Korea and came to Fort Knox and I'm like, what in the blank is this? And everybody was like, oh, well, you know, back in the day, you used to have the tankers and this and that and the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's a true story. And I got to my unit and that assignment in Korea was so fast paced. Right. And when I got to Fort Knox, it was like, my sergeant, shoot, man, if you ain't got nothing, you can leave. I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's like 1048. <laughs> They told me that like a couple of times and I was fighting it. You know, I'd go visit my wife at work. And she's like, dude, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to stay there? Or are you trying to go home? Go to Kroger. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about, we talked about your upbringing. Let's talk about enlisting in the Army. What led you to that recruiting station? And more importantly, what led you to raise that right hand? Okay. So uh, when I was in high school, I was in Air Force JROTC. Uh, and I actually wanted to fly fighter jets. Uh, yeah. So um, I, after I graduated, um, like I said, I went to college for two years, and then I was like, okay, I'm, 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 I want to go in the Air Force. So the Air Force, they would not take me as a single parent because um, I was not married at the time, and they told me that I would have had to have given up total custody of my two daughters, uh, and I was like, I'm not having that. Mm-hmm. So let me go. Let me go next door to the army. Right. So, <laughs> the army took me, um, and mm-hmm. this was uh, back in. I first enlisted in June of '98, and I was in the um, delayed entry program, mm-hmm. uh, the DEP program. You yeah. know a little bit about that, yeah. being being a former recruiter. Yes, Lord, I do. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the army, they was like, yeah, that's like you can keep your kids. You just have to give, you know, guardianship to someone mm-hmm. while you're in training. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's how that's how I ended up in the army because uh, the Air Force wouldn't take me um as a single parent and it was their loss because i had an amazing army career uh, yeah. so i went in and, and raised raised my hand um i did basic training at fort jackson uh i did uh, my first ait was um i was a 27 tango avenger mm-hmm. so yep. um i went patriot, to Redstone arsenal for that mm-hmm. yeah right the mm-hmm. the 27 series is the mm-hmm. avenger the mlrs yep. patriot toe dragon yep. all of that Yep. So I was the 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 missile side of the um, the electronics uh, mm-hmm. portion of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was my first first duty station. I mean, uh, first MOS, and then my first duty station was Fort Hood, Texas, seven oh fourth Main Support Battalion. <laughs> when were you in Fort Hood? Uh, when? Yeah, what years? Um, from ninety eight, from no ninety nine, April of ninety nine to April of. Oh one, huh? Because we, because I, I always try to figure out if you know we 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 cross paths. You know our military world, we're big, but it's small. We're small, right? Because we left Germany in November oh two, and we got the Fort Hood December 
December 02. So everyone has a Fort Hood story. <laughs> Lord knows. It's, we can go days for that. You was at Fort Hood. What was that first duty station like? Um, Actually, mine... I, I don't really remember a whole, whole lot mm -hmm. because shortly after I got there, um, I had got married um, right after AIT. Um, and so when I got to Fort Hood, um, like my first year, I was pregnant, basically. Um, right. So it wasn't a whole lot going on for me, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um, after I had the baby and then went back to work, um, you know, I came down on orders for Korea. So my gotcha. Fort Hood time, I don't have the the stories that everybody else has about about Fort Hood. Uh, Fort Hood, it wasn't it wasn't a a bad duty station for me, but mm -hmm. it wasn't really a, a memorable duty station for I me. I got you. I Other got than you. it was it was hot and it was ninety degrees. Mm -hmm. You know, at six o'clock in the morning, going to PT and humid. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that was my first time ever being in Texas. And again, I had came. We had came from Germany. And we're in Texas now, you know, you're getting used to driving and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's so freaking hot here. And it's like wintertime. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, we talk about Fort Hood stories. I have one just real quick before we move to the second duty station. I don't know if you heard. It was an incident. This had to happen like in 03. It was a specialist, female specialist. She was the leader of the of a gang. Right. The first sergeant was a member of the gang, but she was subordinate to the specialist <laughs> in that rank structure, in the gang rank structure. Wow. So she had, and I was on freaking CQ that day. So she had went to the first sergeant office like, hey, we got a meeting tonight, this and that and the third at uh, nine o'clock, 2100. So the first time I said, like, well, I got a meeting, you know, with the sergeant major. So the sergeant major trumps anything that, you know, we trying to do. So the specialist like, hold on. What we trying to do, you part of this too. You are part of this alliance, right? <laughs> so the specials like, don't be here when I get back. Specials leave out. And uh, the first time she went to the meeting, whatever, she came back. She's like, you wasn't at the meeting. She said, well, I told you I had to go meet with the freaking Sergeant Major. So she ended up putting two in her freaking chest and shot her. What? Yes, I remember. I was on freaking duty when that wow. happened. Wow. And that's when, you know, that's why everyone, they talk about these Fort Hood stories. I'm like you. I don't have a lot of memorable moments out of all the duty places I've ever been. That ranks like below, below the below. Mm -hmm. Just because it was always something. So, yeah, you, you hear about, you know, the drug raids and everything at yeah. Fort Hood. But, I you know, I wasn't um, I, I, I didn't witness any of that. Yeah. You heard about the sex rings and yeah, stuff like had, that. I didn't so I didn't much. witness any of that. Uh, so, it yeah, was... I didn't have the crazy barracks life or anything because mm -hmm. I wasn't in the barracks. Right. So, yeah. But that's wow. Two to the chest. Yeah, I remember wow. that, man. I was like. And I left Germany for this, <laughs> right? Because I had reenlisted for freaking Fort Hood, and I'm like, shoot, Ooh. can I get, can I get the y'all can have this little five thousand dollars back? Mm -hmm. Can I go back? Should have chopped your right hand off for that, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, so we're at Fort Hood. Nothing memorable. Typical army installation. It's mm. it's huge. You can get lost. Right. What was that second assignment? Where did you go after that? Uh, second assignment was Seven O Deuce, uh, ah. Korea. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, so, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm good. Go ahead. So you said Seven O Deuce. 
Last time I was in Korea, I think Seven O Deuce was disbanded, if I'm not correct. Last I heard, it was, yes. And that was up at Camp Casey. It was. And mm-hmm. it was buck freaking wild. It was. It please, was. Pr- please proceed. So, okay. <laughs> so, um, I actually was the designated walker because I was the one that didn't, I drank the least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else. Yep. So mm-hmm. I made sure everybody made it through the gate, you know, yep. um, at curfew and nobody was falling mm-hmm. over in a turtle ditch somewhere. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, yes, Korea, um, Korea was nice, though. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a, I had a great um, section sergeant um, at the time. I was Staff Sergeant Michelle Williams. I don't think I have any pictures of her, but um, she she actually began to shape my career yeah. um, as a future NCO because I went to Korea as a specialist and I left there uh, promotable. Um, so she actually was uh, the first one to really start molding me into um, into the NCO that I became. Uh, she took us out on, you know, out on the economy. We traveled around Korea and experienced the Korean culture. Um, I had some really good friends um, in Korea. Uh, so I, I don't have anything negative to say about Korea and even the not so good things like, you know, standing on top of a hill in the cold, <laughs> and cold rain, yes. you know, guarding the side of this mountain in the yes. field, you know, yes. even that was still a, a positive memory for me. So, um, I, I loved Korea and we were actually supposed to go back to Korea when COVID hit, but we I didn't remember that. I remember, I remember that. Yeah. So I, 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 man, Korea, yes, I loved Korea. Loved I, Korea. You know, I've, I, everyone has their own experiences. Like you, I was Korea. I did two tours in Korea, mm-hmm. and just like you, I remember the the stand too and the stuff that we don't like doing. Mm-hmm. But I remember being around that impactful leadership, like you right. say, those men and women that shape you. Hey, yes. you are the leader of tomorrow. Yes. Here's what you need to do. Here's the tools mm-hmm. that you can use. It, it just makes you a better person, better leader. Mm-hmm. You know, and those experiences are rare. And it's like, I don't know if you agree with this, but it seems like those experiences are more frequent overseas than they are in the States. They are. And I, I think, um, especially with Korea, because it was, um, you know, I was in Korea at a time where you didn't take your families. Yeah. So yeah. it was just it was yeah. just the soldiers. So, yeah. you know, we live together, we yeah. eat together, we do everything yeah. together. So it was more we didn't have those uh, those family dynamics that we had to rush home to yep. and, you know, and things like that. So and it was those after hours, mm-hmm. you know, yes. after the flag went down and you're still in the office. And yes, we're working late, but that's where the that's where the yes. real mentorship and the real guidance yep became yep. you know that's where that that started to manifest mm-hmm. um so definitely i definitely agree with it um the leadership that leadership being overseas um versus stateside yes it, it is and you said something that was critical dependent restrictive tools like the first time i went to korea was at humphreys from 0708 right before i got to lewis uh i wasn't authorized to have my family there which was okay because you know at, at the time you know you didn't know nothing about korea I just go ahead and lean forward while y'all stay in the States. Mm-hmm. And the last time I was in Korea, 17 to 18, I was at Casey. It was a dependent restrictive tour where they had moved all the families down to Humphreys and Young Son and all these other places. Right. But I remember, like you said, the late nights, 
the hey let's come in on saturday for three or four hours and work on something for this briefing next week oh we got a field op next month hey we need to start putting putting things in place now we don't do that we you do it in the states but it's more of a man saturday i'm supposed to go to the game or whatever right but when you on that peninsula <laughs> where you going and then if you go somewhere right. shoot i gotta be back by you know freaking 2359 right exactly you know exactly. what i'm saying that's mm-hmm. no every every senior leader i've never heard a senior leader e7 e89 says they dislike career because those advantages those opportunities because mm-hmm. those star majors are usually there 24 months sometimes right. even 36 months right so you mm-hmm. sit there and you sit in the office with them and you, and they almost dehumanize themselves in a sense like hey mm-hmm. you know i remember coming up as a staff sergeant and so on and so forth right. i can get on rambling about career let me stop no you're good you're good battle you're good <laughs> so fort hood korea that third assignment where do we go oh jesus to the marne express third oh. infantry division <laughs> please tell me what's that because i hear Oh, it's the greatest thing ever. It let, is let, not. Let me hear it. <laughs> it is not. So, um, and, and and with my experience, it's like you either have a good location, a good unit, yep. not both. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. But this time, uh, third ID, you know, it's like, I didn't like the unit order location. <laughs> I ain't like nothing. Can I go? No, exactly, exactly. The only positive part about um, about Third ID was I was only an hour and a half from Jacksonville, and that's where right. my home church is. Gotcha. Um, so I could travel. You know, I could travel every week to go to church. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I that that was probably the positive thing about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I was at the, I was in third ID twice, once in um, 03 and then again in 2017, right. uh, which is when I did my first on time. So we'll we'll leave the 2017 yeah, we'll yeah. Go 2003 we'll, right now. We'll, we'll march through that. So, yeah. So the 2003, <laughs> um, I get there in May, April, April. Let's see. No. April of 02, excuse me, mm-hmm. 02. And then I go to PLDC, Primary Leadership Development mm-hmm. Force. Old school know, right for us, there. For us old, yeah, exactly. Old, for school. old soldiers. Uh, so, because uh, like I said, I left Korea promotable. So I went to um, I went to PLDC. And my mm-hmm. first sergeant um, at Fort Stewart, the first time, he was actually my drill sergeant when I was in AIT. Wow. So he was already wow. familiar with me and my work ethic and things like that. Uh, and then a couple of the other uh, soldiers that was in the um, in the company, we had went to AIT together and everything. So it was it was all right when we when I first got there. I got there that summer. Then I pent E five um, that August uh, right after I graduated from PLGC. So things was good. Yeah. But then they wanted to start acting crazy over in Iraq. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yes. I'm like, I just got back from Korea. Yeah. I ain't trying to do nothing. Not so at all. I, as, a, as a new E5, mm-hmm. I go to my platoon sergeant. Sergeant Duff. He's uh, first sergeant retired Duff now. Mm-hmm. So I go go to him and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Are we getting ready to go somewhere? And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, don't worry about that. We're good. We're good. Okay. We're good. 
You saying that. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So in December, um, I went to go visit my then husband because he was in Germany. He had Mm -hmm. PCS to Germany Mm -hmm. when I was PCS and from Korea. So it was before they really honored the Married Army MACP. Yeah. Yeah. So I went visiting him in Germany, and then I see that they were talking about um, sending troops to Iraq or to Kuwait. Uh, so I call back to staff duty and I'm like, hey, I'm in Germany. Do I need to, you know, get back sooner than what my leave is up? And they're like, no, no, you know, you're good. But I'm sitting here watching CNN and CNN saying, no, you need to get your butt back. Yes. yes. <laughs> See, how CNN gonna know before we know, right? Yep. yep. Uh, so I get back and I got like 28 messages on my answer machine. This is when we had still had house phones. Yeah. Uh, and there's my, you, you know, you need to get back. You need to get back. We're getting ready to deploy. Mm-hmm. So I get back and it's like a week later, we're ramping up to go. Third ID, we're ramping up to go, ramping up to go. Now, mind you, I had been back from Korea about seven months. and just getting back from visiting in Germany. Yep. And I was a geographical single parent. Yeah. So I had my two girls and I had my youngest son um, who was, Branchick was three, three at that time. Oh, wow. So I go to my command. I'm like, okay, I'm going to need some time to get my family care plans together. Exactly. And everything because my mother, who was my family care plan provider, Mm -hmm. was still active duty Air Force. And she did all the scheduling and stuff like that for aircraft. So wherever her planes went, she had to go. Mm hmm. So and then and that was my that was my bonus mom. And I'm only making a difference because I'm getting ready to talk about my biological mom. No, I, I got you. I got you. OK, so and my biological mom um, had just been diagnosed with cancer and just finished like chemo treatments and everything. So I'm oh, stuck. Yeah. I'm like, OK, where, what am I going to do with my kids? So I had to pull, pull my family care plan. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I can't I can't just leave my kids with anybody. Exactly. You, know, exactly. you know, my husband was overseas and neither one of my mothers could take him. Right. Uh, so I got out um, the actually March 21st. Uh, the day they crossed the border is the day I finaled out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the I, day. That's the day I finaled out. I never. We spent <laughs> two, three years together in the same unit. Me, you and Zarzar had numerous conversations i don't remember i don't remember that yeah probably not probably not wow yeah but yep so i got out and i um actually went into the um to the air force reserves um i did that um for three three years i did that for three years before i came back active duty um and stuff so yep yep you talk about (laughs) a, a supreme transition and that's the that's the thing. Kudos to you for even you know leaning forward with that because it it takes it takes a lot of heart. It takes a lot of spiritual well being, spiritual sacrifice. Lord, is this the right thing to do? Yes. Show me those doors. Where mm-hmm. are those doors? Where are you at? You know, we we right. all get to that point, <laughs> and it's like you know he just continues to lead, continues to lead. And I've always one thing I've admired so much about you in the years we've been knowing each other. But you've never wavered on faith. Oh, never. thank you. Never. As long Thanks as God. never wavered on faith. <laughs> I remember 
And now just a little side note. I remember when we were stationed at station, when we were deployed in Kuwait, Z would be sitting right here. I'm sitting there. You'll come in. You walk you walk in real fast. Do, 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 do. Everybody knew LJ was coming in. <laughs> you walk in and you know it was like a little steps to where our little back mm-hmm. row. All you hear, don't, 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 don't. Uh blessings, everyone. Y'all not gonna say good morning. I'm like, dang, girl. <laughs> but I've always, me and Z even talked about that. I've never, you've never wavered on faith. So that's something. Kudos to you on that. Never. Yes, yes, definitely. Praise God. Praise God. It's definitely, he's He's. He's been my cornerstone. Yeah. He's been my cornerstone. Even when things look, you know, bleak, gotta, you know, you do have, you, have you, faith have faith because without you know without faith it's impossible to please god so amen to that so, amen into the air national guard as patient administration yep. and then um i i stayed in hinesville and i was like so i, I did that and i um had started working at like a little thrift store um and i took the test to be a correctional officer um so i was going through the hiring process for that so um i became a correctional officer at coastal state prison in savannah georgia yeah so i I did that for the the three years that i was in the guard i also did um i was a correctional officer and then i worked part-time um at this little snow store because i was a single parent at that time because we had gotten a divorce me and my first husband had gotten a divorce Mm -hmm. um so you know i was working two and a half jobs um yeah basically and still you know still doing my thing you know raising my Mm -hmm. children um and just you know keeping the lights on yeah the lights on man Mm -hmm. definitely definitely so after all that being a ceo Mm-hmm. doing all those things working 85 jobs <laughs> doing all that what was your what what was in your mindset did you say you know what i can continue to do this i'll be okay or when did it get to the point where you say you know what i, I gotta make a a, a a pivot in my life i went into corrections because i thought it was going to be like a paramilitary environment i thought i was going to have that same like discipline and structure uh so that's why i chose that um and it it didn't it it just it just didn't yeah so um but i did it for three years because i was like maybe you know iraq could calm down a little bit and i'll be able to go back in yeah um and so that's really what happened after it kind of simmered out um a little bit and they wasn't trying to put everybody in as fuelers <laughs> and truck drivers yeah yeah <laughs> because exactly. that's what they were trying to put everybody in sure it was the male sure was. infantry or um 18 x-ray um yep. and if you was a female either a fueler or a truck driver that's, yeah. that's what they needed they used to call them uh what was that star mos's they used to say yeah. back mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. star exactly. mos's star mos's yes mm-hmm. uh because like when i because i had tried to go back in i was like Put me in as an MP. I'm coming from, you know, corrections. Put me in as an MP. You, you don't really have to fully train me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they wouldn't even, I had the line scores, everything. And yeah. they were like, no, we want you to. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know me. I'm going to tell you what I'm not going to do. <laughs> Trust and believe that. Trust and believe that. So, so I did, went ahead, um, and th- that was in 2006. So I actually went into the, after I finished with the Air National Guard, um i went into the army reserves that's what it was army reserves right. um, and i did finance for them for a year and mm. then i came back into came back active duty um may 1st of 07 okay is when, I, when I came back active duty yep 
Yeah, so and, right before right before we met. <laughs> so your so testing my memory. So after you came back on active duty, that first assignment was at Fort Lewis, right? It was Fort Lewis, uh huh. So did you did you request that or did the army say, hey, get, go here? Uh, kind of both. You know that little dream sheet that they give you. <laughs> Fort Lewis was actually on mine because I had never been to the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had been down south and everything. Um, so I was like, let me see what you know, something different. Um, I've yeah. always been adventurous and want to try new things. So I actually did put Fort Lewis on uh on my dream sheet. So yeah. So I re- I was at Fort Lewis from oh oh eight to ten. Mm-hmm. So that's two years. One of those years, we was freaking eating sand for a year. <laughs> right. So I never really got to experience Fort Lewis. My wife was like, oh, yeah, we went to here. We went to here. And I'm like, shoot, man, I, ain't, I don't remember that. <laughs> you know, and that was one of those duty assignments. Going to Fort Lewis, it was new. It was mm-hmm. almost majestic. Greenery. The, the, yes. You could smell. Beautiful. Could just there was no it was just something about that air it's kind of one of the things you got to kind of be there to get what we're talking about mm-hmm. it was one of those peaceful places but it was busy yeah you very know what I mean? very mm-hmm. and one thing i always remember about fort lewis is two things and then we'll move on okay. the first thing was when i checked in and i don't know if they told you this too when i had processed the little processing center that used to be on main side Mm-hmm. They uh, the guy, it was a staff sergeant. He was like, "Look out the window." So you know, we all look out the window. He said, "What do y'all see?" And I was like, "You know, freaking mountain, mountain Rainier." He mm-hmm. said, "Yeah." He said, "If Mount Rainier erupted, you got seventy five minutes to evacuate." Oh, by the way, I five is the only interstate. Yep, yep. So you know, we looking around like, "Gosh, dog, can I go somewhere <laughs> where it's just safe?" <laughs> it's always something. And then another one. Remember, Sergeant Major Moore. Of course, I remember Sergeant Major Moore, Thomas Moore. Oh, Thomas freaking Moore! I think he's in Italy now too. You know, I seen him. He was in Germany, um, and he had came down to Italy for something when I was stationed in Italy. Because he was—he's a civilian. He's retired now, right? He should be retired because yeah. we're retired. So he yeah, should be I, I think he should because he was already ninety-nine years old then right? anyway. <laughs> but I remember him. Remember, he used to tell everybody, "Hey, y'all need to leave. It's like sixteen hundred. Y'all need yes. to go home. Y'all need yes. to go home." And, you know, I'm you know, brand new staff sergeant. I'm trying to lean in. Like, you know, I want to, you know how it is. You know, we're trying to make an impression. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, hey, this dude just got here. He ready to go. But he was like, hey, I'm telling you to go right now. Where do you live at? And at the time, we lived in Lacey, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, 30 minutes away. Right. So he's like, you better go. You ain't going uh, you ain't gonna beat traffic. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Man, I get because we stayed, we uh worked on uh, North Fort. North Fort. North mm-hmm. Fort. You get ready to come out that that little uh, that street. You get ready to make that right. I five don't look like, look like nothing but a freaking parking lot. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what he was meaning. I didn't get home till like an hour later. I always remember those two moments in freaking Fort Lewis. The one about the mountain, and it's always freaking busy because that's the only true freeway interstate in that area. Right. Is I five. Yes. So I'm sure you got any of the Fort Lewis memories before we get on a plane to go to kuwait that's cool i loved fort lewis um Mm -hmm. it was it was so nice and then like i don't know it's it's like the the atmosphere like you said when you think about it you have to 
you have to experience to yeah. to to know what it is, you know. And because people they be like, well, it rained there so much. I'm like, but it's not thunderstorms like down south. It's misty rain, yep. and that does not stop nothing. We still get out and do stuff. Yeah, you still go out <laughs> and do things. And stuff, a- but I, I I loved. Um, we hiked Mount Rainier while we were there. Oh, um, awesome. I actually got into doing uh, Spartan races when I was the mud runs and things mm-hmm. like that. I actually got mm-hmm. into that mm-hmm. um, while I was at uh, Fort Lewis, and it was yeah, it was really nice. Um, our team, the three shop man. We had a really good team. I mean, you know, Colonel Lurch, Star Major Moore, they were they were awesome. Star they Major, were. Uh, not Star Major, Master Sergeant DeShazer, uh, Master Siegfried. I don't know if you remember Master Sergeant DeShazer or not, but he he didn't go down range with us because he ended up having some medical issues. Yep, I do remember high. him. Okay, remember, yeah. And I, I remember s- him a couple of months ago. Really? I remember I Master Siegfried. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> Yeah, he shows up on my timeline every now and Does then. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I remember him. So, yeah. But, that, yeah. You talk about that three shop. It was great, but I don't think it really reached its true pinnacle until we went to Kuwait. Kuwait, right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and lead us into Kuwait. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Kuwait. Yes, Kuwait. <laughs> um, well, y'all went downrange before I did because I was in Beanock. Um, That's right. Yep, That's I was right. in Beanock. So sure I came, was. I think I came about maybe two or three weeks after you uh-huh. all did uh-huh. uh, and everything. So the talk and everything was already set up. Yeah. Uh, and it was just me and like maybe two or three other soldiers that had um, left together. Uh, that was my first deployment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I did a tour in Korea, but that was my first, you know, yeah. combat deployment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And I, I say, I tell people like Kuwait spoiled me because if this is what all combat tours are supposed to be like, I'll go because <laughs> Kuwait was Kuwait was all right. It was it, it wasn't bad at all. That's when you know you talk about those moments in time that shapes you as a leader, shapes you as a person shapes you as as far as these are things you need to do to be successful you talk about a staff sergeant here zarzar staff sergeant right here me a staff sergeant you then we had another staff sergeant um smith julia smith mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. then we had another staff sergeant freaking lavelle remember lavelle yep. he was uh-huh. a 92 uh yankee mm-hmm. i remember we used to all sit and we we would talk about what do we need to do to make Sergeant First Class? Mm-hmm. We can't just sit here and hope and pray. Because, yeah, right. you can hope and pray, but you need some action. Right, everything exactly. Because faith just without works. works is dead. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember we all sat back there, me, especially me, you, and Z. And we would we do our little missions, and we'd sit down. What should we do? Drill Sergeant, freaking recruiting. And I tell you, it's a blessing. This guy was a recruiter. I was a recruiter. You was a freaking drill sergeant. The whole point is that you talked about this earlier with one of your mentors. That is sometimes the people can shape you, mm-hmm. the situations shape you, but mm-hmm. also the assignments shape yes. you. Yes. Yes, definitely. And that assignment definitely shaped me for, you know, ranks down the line. Before mm-hmm. you get started, because I, I feel you get ready to say something. Let me tell a quick little story right quick. I know people like, gosh, dog, who, are you interviewing yourself or somebody else? <laughs> so I told Z this. He said he didn't remember. Do you remember that time I submitted my warrant officer packet? Mm-hmm. Okay. I do remember because I was believing and claiming it with you that you weren't going to be going. Look, 
And I remember I told Z, I said, and I, I was telling y'all, I ain't going to Kuwait. Yes, y'all can you go were. ahead. I'm going to freaking um to, to Warren Officer School. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I was man, I was remember I had bought the uh <laughs> I bought the Warren Officer rank and put it up under and my th- collar and yep, all that's that. That's what we used to do, yeah. Yeah, and you was like, <laughs> DA, you going. I'm standing I'm standing with you. And I was yep. like, I ain't going to Kuwait, LJ. You're gonna have to tell me what Kuwait's about. <laughs> and Sir Major Moore and the rest of the CMs, you know, they they get that man and meeting together. And at that time, we didn't know nothing about man and none of right. that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so Z was in the meeting. He was like, "Dude, you go on to freaking Kuwait." And I'm like, "Maybe as a warrant officer." <laughs> I ain't got no school. There ain't nothing been approved. I'm talking about as a warrant officer. And so I end up finding out that I wasn't selected. So now you know they they use that term. You got to eat crow, right? And Sergeant Major's like, yeah, I heard you ain't get selected. I'm like, well, gosh, no, how you know? <laughs> and I was like, because I don't want to be nobody's platoon, so I don't want to do no song first class. I ain't want to be no master. I want to be a freaking warrant officer. Mm-hmm. But going back to what we always talked about, faith. The Lord knew you don't need to be here. This right. is where you need to be. It may take you a few years to realize that. Mm-hmm. So, again, we talk about the situations, the people, the circumstances shape who you are. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yes, yes. So we left Kuwait. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We left Kuwait. All right. We're back in Fort Lewis. Did you go to drill sergeant school right after that? No, I didn't go to drill sergeant school right after that. I did an interpost transfer to First Special Forces Group. So yeah, um, you you true. all left for recruiting, and yep. I went over there with them. Um, and I, I I played with them boys for a little bit, and then I went to, and I actually was DA selected. For yeah. school. Yep. So then, so I did two years with group, mm-hmm. uh, jumped out of planes for a little while, and then I went to drill sergeant school. So I definitely want to, because I know you spend a lot of time jumping out of plane. I want to talk about that, but I want to touch on the drill sergeant, DA selected. What was that like for you when you got to Fort Jackson and you realized I am here to perform, to excel, to train, learn how to train, and all those things they teach you? When it get to the point where you realize, is this? Am I doing the right thing? Did you ever get to a point to that, or you already already knew that you you were supposed to be there? So, um, I believe that you know God puts us in certain situations for a reason, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know what that reason was yeah. for drill science school because yeah. I'm like I am I am too much of a mother hen. Come yeah. on, let's get along, yeah. hold hands, sing kumbaya. Yeah. You know, I, I I was like I think I'm a little bit too soft to be right. a, to be a drill sergeant. Right. But what I realized. Um, the time that I was on the trail, which is what we call our drill mm-hmm. song time, um, that every personality has a place. And Gosh. with my platoon, when I first got there, um, you know, it was um, my senior drill was an infantryman. Mm-hmm. And then my other drill was a combat engineer. And then it was me. And so we had, uh, we tried to have one, uh, one female drill per platoon, but it didn't always work out like that. Right. Um, so at one, at one point I was the only female drill in my company. 
Um, but I realized that though I may not be, you know, the infantryman and may be able to, you know, land nav over any and everything. Right. I, there's still something I have to offer these yep. soldiers exactly. uh, and stuff like that. So I had, you know, I had a different spin on it. Um, but drill sergeant, that taught me how to be a leader. Mm. Um that and I actually I learned things um not even in drill sergeant school because drill sergeant school doesn't teach you how to be a drill sergeant. It right. teaches you how to navigate the regulations, how to break down modules, how to teach them. But it doesn't teach you, you know, those those back alley things that you need gotcha. to know. You cannot learn those until you are actually entrenched right. in yeah. you know in the training environment mm-hmm. um and so there were some things i would have to pull my drill to the side i'd be like okay i need you to you know refresh me on this right quick you know right. because there are a lot of things that you know that we just didn't learn especially being on staff we didn't learn yeah you know um yeah. a, a lot of these things or those tangible skills that if you don't use them you'll lose them yeah. You know, um, I remember I was like, shoot, I had to have um, one of the guys show me how to load a radio because I'm like, you know how long it's been since I loaded yeah. a radio? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Those are those things that you it's almost like um, what's that old saying? Like with math, if you don't if you don't use it, you'll lose it. You'll lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Perishable skills. That's what it is. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Perishable yep, skills. Yep. That's that's exactly what it is. So when you and I definitely want to continue with that. Being a drill sergeant, did you feel and I want to make sure I'm very respectful when I say this, but I think okay. we probably need to say it. Did you feel any pressure or more pressure being black woman? Just being a black woman. Did you feel pressure like I have to do extra just to be even with everybody else? As a drill sergeant? Yeah, no. as a drill sergeant. No. Okay. I did not. I did not. Um, we had and and on the trail, we always tell new drill sergeants that your battles on the trail will make or break your time. Yeah. And it, and it really will. And the group of 12 drill sergeants that I had, um, or 11 drill sergeants that I had alongside me during my time at Fort Jackson um was amazing we all looked out for each other uh, we didn't have to worry about drill sergeants coming in like sloppy drunk or not right. pulling their weight or anything like that we had an amazing um first sergeant and commander uh, major jew uh, god rest his soul and uh sergeant major reeves um we we had we had an amazing command team um captain way he's probably major way now um but we had a really good um, company command team. Um, we had really good drill sergeants, uh, you know, alongside me. Um, so it was it was great. It was great. Um, the only thing about the trail was it was physically tiring. Right. But we made it through. We yeah. you know, we made it. We made it through. And persevere. Stuff, so. And if you look through my pictures and stuff, you'll see where we don't we caught each other sleeping and carrying on. I know. I, re- I remember them. <laughs> I used to make little the comments. I, I remember yeah. that. I, I just want to make sure with that comment, the question I asked about being a black woman, that was not to be disrespectful because because I, I know a lot of black women and you know as well, there's been drill sergeants and drill instructors and in other branches. They always say if they felt they had more pressure, depending on who you with. You yeah. said you was around supporting a supporting cast. I would mm-hmm. imagine those people that we're talking about were around unsupportive people. 
hey, you know, it's the three infantry guys. We know everything. You know nothing. So they feel they got to do even more just to be even with everybody. And so that was the what? whole intent of that. Yeah, question. they that when and when I became a senior drill sergeant, I had my my drill sergeants up under me. Um, I had three infantry drill sergeants that worked for me. Got you. Got and you. I never, I never felt like that. I mean, sometimes I would have to be like, you know, can I have my platoon back for a little while? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Some something because yeah. That, that's because they were just so passionate about it, right? You know, because as the senior drill, I, I was responsible for making sure that administrative stuff was yep. taken care of. Yeah, you know, um, and everything like that. But yeah, I never felt, um, I never felt disrespected. I never felt like I had to prove myself, right? Um, or or anything like that. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. When did you get to the point where you said to yourself, I could do this in my sleep. I can do this blindfolded. Did, when did you get to that point? Because I know a lot of times it may take one cycle. It may take two cycles. But when did you get to that point? It was like, I'm good now. I don't, I don't need anything. Not to be cocky, but, you know, when <laughs> no, did you get to good. that point? <laughs> when I, um, when I was running late one day and my husband woke me up and said that I jumped out of bed in one swoop and PLF into the bathroom, parachute landing ball <laughs> into the bathroom, uh -huh. talking about first platoon, get in line for chow. Because <laughs> I was literally doing it in my sleep. <laughs> wow. That's when you knew. <laughs> that's what I do. That's yep. that's what I do because my husband will be picking with me and and get me talking in my sleep and everything, mm -hmm. and and I'd be talking to my platoon in my sleep. But um, but probably about three cycles to really get a, a good grasp because right. um, the same ten weeks was the same. It was like it was basically it was cookie cutter. The only thing that really changed were the private spaces changed, which they all started blurring together after a while. Uh, and then just maybe the location of the ranges, but we followed the same format every, you know, three weeks was red face, you know, yep. three weeks, white, three weeks, red, that last red, white, and blue. And so it, everything was, it was pretty much laid out. So yeah. probably about that third cycle. That's when the third, that's when you, as you say, that's when you got your, your legs up under you. Right. Mm -hmm. So the years that you was a drill sergeant, what was those years? Uh, I started December 2012, and then I left February 2015. Cause I recruited from 10 to 13, and I'm trying to see, trying to test my memory. Have we had any conversations where you met some of my illustrious civilians that turned soldiers? I'm trying to remember. I remember. You know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I no, no, you're good. I don't remember, but I, I remember. I vaguely remember it was either a conversation with you or Z. Y'all, one of y'all did contact me about a recruit that I had, mm -hmm. but you know that was like ten, almost ten years ago. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Have, I, I, I had a few concussions since then. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember the other staff. Some we talking about Smith. I think she's mm -hmm. a first sergeant now. Yeah, she's but, retired now too. Funny story. So you know, Z just graduated the Dagon Academy. Yes, he said awesome. her name was on the list, mm -hmm. and he said he was looking for, looking around, and then because I was like, I ain't seen to talk to this girl since. Shoot, man, two thousand. It's been a minute because we wow. used to all remember we used to have an E eight group chat, right? Exactly, because we all came out on the list together. Yep, we mm -hmm. used to, and I ain't seen her, but she's retired now. 
Uh huh. Yep. She's retired. Just yep. Living she the- retired because she was at Fort Lee. She was in the process of retiring when I got to Fort Lee in 2020, November 2020. Got you. Got mm-hmm. you. Got you. Yeah. Okay. So drill sergeant, drill sergeant tour is complete. Mm-hmm. What was that feeling like knowing that I'm taking the hat off? Um, it was kind of melancholy. Um, I was excited for the next step, but at the same time, I was like, because drill sergeant is one of those duties where you can see all of the the time, the effort, the teach coach mentor that we live by. You can see that come to fruition. Yep. You know, you take this civilian mm-hmm. with you know long hair, <laughs> earrings, locks, yeah. whatever, yep. and you turn them into a soldier. You know, and mm-hmm. you you lay that foundation for the rest of their career. Um, so you actually see the evidence of everything, all the hard work that you put in. So that part, um, it was it was kind of sad, but I was ready to yeah. um to to go on to the to the next phase um, of my career. Well, so, where was that? That was Vincenza, Italy. Yes. Yes. I so love the mighty, over- mighty 173rd. <laughs> and those folks like to jump out of planes too, correct? Yes. So let's let's go ahead and hang out with the Italians. What was that like? Okay. So um the Italian army, <laughs> they're different. Um yeah. Yeah, they're different. I did. We get to, got to train with the British Army as mm-hmm. well. Um, I love the Brits. They are hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the herd, the herd is like the Marne Express on steroids. Yeah. Um, because um, the herd, we're the um, the reactionary force for all of Europe and the Horn of Africa. Yep. Cause that's on so, the CTAF, right? Yep, yeah. Yep. We had 173rd, and then CTAF was on um, was on the other side. Yep. So we were always training. Um, we had two infantry battalions, um, uh, battal- a brigade support battalion, um, a field artillery unit, a cab unit, which field artillery and cab were in Germany. Yep. And then us, the BSB, the engineers, and the two infantry battalions were in Italy. Um, so a lot of the times, you know, we would have training exercises um, all over, um, all over Europe, mm-hmm. um, everywhere from, you know, um, was that Crete and Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our infantry battalions they would jump in all over the place uh, and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was interesting. It was very fast paced. And I, I would tell every soldier, um, you know, that just gets get to Italy, play hard just as hard as you work because you're gonna work over there. You are yeah. going, you are going to yeah. work. It's always something, it's always something that has to be done, especially because um I was in the SPO, the support operations mm-hmm. at that time. And so I was I was the ammo, I was the um senior ammo person. And so I'm running ammo for the whole brigade, you know, um, so everything had to come through me, even though each battalion had, you know, an ammo rep, but they weren't, they weren't my job. They weren't my mm-hmm. MOS. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was definitely always something to do, but I love being in Italy. Um, I love the location because we did a lot of traveling every four day weekend. We were in another country. <laughs> that's that's what I was going to ask you. What was what was the fam? Did your fam? I'm assuming the family enjoyed it, but what was it like 
because we talked about it being overseas. It's something being stationed in the States with your family. Okay. But when you're overseas, not military, but your blood family, going to other countries, taking the train to here, catching a plane to go here, places where as kids we read about it in a book. Right. Now we can touch the soil. We can shake hands with the locals. Mm-hmm. What was that your from the family aspect? How did they how did they enjoy Italy? Oh, they loved it. Yeah. They loved it. Um, my youngest, Nasir, I think he was he was six. Let's see. Six when we went over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was like he was like I think, yeah, I think he was like five or six when we went over there. And he got so spoiled that when we came back to the States, our first our first holiday here was Labor Day weekend. He was like, can we go to Spain for Labor Day weekend? I'm <laughs> right. like, dude. I'm like, we're not in Europe anymore. We yeah. can just get on a plane and go over a four-day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> So he uh, and he was in the Italian immersion program. So he did half of his school day in English yeah. and half of his school day in Sweet. Italian. Yeah. Um, but the family, they loved it. Um, my oldest son, Brandrick, he um, he played sports. He ran track, uh, did football and basketball. So mm-hmm. he traveled all around Europe with the high school team mm-hmm. and, you know, played other military installations as well as local teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so the family, they they loved it. They loved it. So that, that's like with us. Like we did three years in Germany. It was just me and my daughter and my wife. Then our son wasn't born. And those three years we did in Germany. And God knows this. I don't remember a lot because mm-hmm. I was in one of them Patriot units. That, hey, let's go to the field. Oh, we recover. Let's go back again. Right. There was so much going on. That was a bad point in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was very bad. I just got out the Marines. It was just, it was a lot, but I know that going to Korea's and all that, but Japan and, you said something with your son it's almost like the residue of being in a previous location still resides in that person mm-hmm. because we did 36 no we did 42 months in japan when we left okinawa to come back here to settle everything so i had to go to korea for a year my son was still asking us questions when is taekwondo class mm-hmm. when is are we still going to freaking thailand because you know we was right in the pacific right tokyo was like two hours away thailand four hours china i mean like you say four day weekends i mean we was constantly somewhere yeah now all of a sudden we get to kentucky and it's like <laughs> louisville it's, you know what i'm saying it's, i was like oh gosh and my son he was like going crazy because he was doing a lot of things with the local japanese kids right and, you know being like you say being immersed with that culture mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we're near Louisville. Not to disrespect Louisville, but you get what I'm saying. I grew up around that area, yeah, so I, I, know. Yeah. I there's you know. There's nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. So it's, it's, They're always on that crime yeah. show. Yeah. So it's like, just that's why I always say those overseas assignments, especially yes. if you can take your family, yes. your younger kids, man, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity. I hope service members do not pass up because they pass them up. They but, do. They but do. Take your family, man. Yes. Tell you. Yes. Because we told Nasir, we was like, there's, you know, we're like, when you get back to the States, you're going to be reading about, you know, things that, that you've actually seen. And kids yeah. all seen it. I was like, we went to, to Pompeii. You know, you've seen the Eiffel Tower. The yes. These are things yes. that you've seen yes. in person, live. And yes. they probably not reading about it. It's some history book. Exactly. And that was, that's one of the things that even now is still challenging because he's in high school now and the kids around here, 
they're military kids, but some of them not. Mm-hmm. And they had a, a thing they was doing the other day. They had to do a presentation on overseas places. They had Japan, Korea, Germany, and uh, somewhere else. So he was like, shoot, I lived in freaking Japan. Let me tell what? you about Okinawa. So the kid's just like, you ain't never been to Okinawa. Yep, yep. So he was kind of like, you know, my son's not combative. I was like, you lucky with me because I'm like, dude, I'll show you pictures. Right, exactly. <laughs> I know that's right. And that's, that's what he should have did because that's what I tell my kids. That's what I'm he like, ended up doing. I, that's what I airdropped him <laughs> some pictures. Why, did I, why does iPhones do that? I wasn't even talking about nothing. Remember when I said airdrop? <laughs> Somebody listened to me. But that's the beauty about being overseas. And I will tell you, even me and Mrs. Anderson, we lay in bed at night. Man, I want to go back to freaking Japan. How we can mm-hmm. get back? Because this man, it's just something about I think Italy was like what we think of Japan. That was, you know, you always yeah. want to be there. It was just yeah, the yep. culture, the, yes. the food, the people. Yes. It was just something about it, man. We said we were going to give San Antonio five years. And if it wasn't popping in five years, we was going back to Europe. <laughs> That's the look, look, LJ. That's the same thing me and Melissa said. We want to stay just for the first time of our life. We're going to be stabilized in one location. Mm -hmm. Let our son graduate high school. But the minute this dude get his freaking diploma, yes, yes. Hey man, do something with your life because me and 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 Mama, we going somewhere and we ain't letting nobody know where we at. Right. Your son is he class of twenty twenty six? Twenty six. Okay, yeah, because Nasir's class is 2026. So I was 26. like, yep, yep. Shoot, as soon as that joker graduates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, I tell you, because it's just, even as a kid, and I always tell my wife this, even as a kid, I've always loved, and I was intrigued by overseas life, because I loved history and geography, loved what it's like, you know, living over there. You know, of course, people I grew up with, oh, ain't nothing over there. Mm-hmm. Okay, stay in Detroit then. Don't don't right. worry about what's going Small-minded on. Small-minded people. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. So we enjoy anything else about Italy? Um, just yeah, I I enjoyed everything. We worked really hard. It was stressful yeah. job wise, but downtime loved it. Yeah, loved it. freaking Italy, man. <laughs> all right. So now we got orders to leave Italy. Where are we going next? Okay, so I actually ended up having to leave Earl, uh, Italy um, six months early because uh, my mother had a stroke oh. uh, and they were getting ready to put her in a nursing home. So right. um, I requested um, for um, an early return. Yep. Uh, so I uh, uh, did a compassionate reassignment. They mm-hmm. couldn't get me down to McDill to Tampa where she was. Mm-hmm. Um, but the closest they could get me was Fort Stewart. So I went back to Fort oh. Stewart. Yes. Back again. Back again. Back again. But again, I still don't like the location. But, mm-hmm. um, but I did my first sergeant time there. So I interviewed with uh, with the uh, brigade sergeant major when I got there mm-hmm. because the company it was an ordnance company. They didn't have a they didn't have a diamond wearing first sergeant. Gotcha. Um, they actually had a staff sergeant that was filling in because I I don't know the first sergeant PCS or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I interviewed with uh, with Command Sergeant Major Edwards, um, mm-hmm. and so she frocked me. Which um, got you, you know. So I don't know if you're going to explain what frocking is and all that, but <laughs> I, I, I do. I may type it up in the thing because I can okay. go on a tangent about that. Yeah. So they frocked me. So they got a whole year's of first time work out of me. 
with E7 pay. <laughs> Trust and believe that. Trust and believe that. Um, but I, I did enjoy um, the first year of my first sergeant time. I I loved it. Loved it. I had an amazing company commander, yes. um, Captain Hummel, Lawrence Hummel. Um, he was he was a really good commander. He was prior service. Um, that helps so a lot. It does. That it does. I know you and Z had talked about that and it it helps. It helps. A it does. Lot. It does. Um, so yeah, me and him, we uh, we took a company that was turned on its side and turned it upright, and and we was yeah. rocking it. Um, he and I were um, number one in the battalion. Both of us were top blocked. Um, yeah. You know that means a lot when with that new NCOER. Yeah, trust and believe it, dude. Yes, it do. Yes, you know it the do. old NCOER it don't matter because everybody was one one. Yeah, but that uh, one there, oh no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So, um, but it was it was an amazing time. Um, you know, my first year, um, my second year, um, things kind of took a little turn. I got a new commander, um, and it wasn't so hot. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to talk about the negative stuff. No, I got you. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I wish him well in wherever he is, whatever he's doing. Right. Um, but I know that, um, it, that last year just was not good for me. Um, I never had any negative anything in my career and that last year, DA, they try to take me out. They yeah. try everything I worked for. They literally try to take me out. If I never experienced um, my whole career, I never experienced blatant um, racism or sexism into that second year of my um, first sergeant tour. Um, and it was it was it was rough. It was it was really it was it was rough. So but wow. um, through it all, I still grew. Um, you know, like I said, God has a plan. I came out stronger. Um, I was vindicated. Um, you know, I don't, I don't look like, and I don't smell like what I went through, um, yes. that, that year yes. of 2019. So, yes. you know, to, to God be the glory for that. So Amen. moving on. <laughs> no, I got you. The only thing I want, I'm not, I want to do a deep dive in that. Cause I definitely understand, but it's, it's sometimes with joy, when you have that team leader, not team leader, that teammate that's with you side by side, you in lockstep. Mm -hmm. You guys are in lockstep. Everyone in the company, the battalion, hell, the brigade, the division can see it. Yes, and all of definitely. A sudden, and, also, and then one of you leaves. Mm -hmm. That changes everything. It the does. climate, the climate, I'm telling you, the climate depreciates mm -hmm. because now it's almost like that person that's still there that was part of that incredible team you're that only voice now. Right. And the other person comes in and let's change this. I, I don't like this. And why do we do it this way? Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. God bless you, man. Cause we've all had those points in our careers, some later, some middle, some at the end where we were challenged. The mm -hmm. army, the army eats its own sometimes. It, it does. It does. And that's how I knew it was time for me to retire. August yeah. 9th, 2019. I woke up and I told my husband, I said, it's time mm -hmm. to retire. And so we're going to, we're going to retire. <laughs> I have a gr I have a great memory, but I can't remember nothing. If that makes sense, I remember. I remember when you put that post on there. I mm -hmm. do. I remember mm -hmm. that you was like, "It is time." Yep. And, and yep. I tell you, and I know, because and I told another. Can I tell another quick story, right quick? Of course. So I was in the, my last. I always say Fort Knox. I retired it, but that wasn't my last duty station. My last duty station was Camp Casey, 
70th BSB in Korea mm-hmm. that you know. And that unit, everything I've learned in the Army from E3 all the way to freaking Master Sergeant, Korea was my culminating event. Mm-hmm. Everything I freaking learned the good, the bad, the ugly. And when I left Korea, it was such a high octane unit because I was in Korea during the time where the fat dude in Korea wanted to throw his rocket. So every time we doing an exercise, it was always, you know, something. Right. It's mm-hmm. like 2017, 2018. And when I PCS from Korea and I got to Fort Knox, it was like everything I kind of worked for was done because that temple isn't there no more. Hey, this is the home. This unit, we retire over here, Mass Sergeant. Mm-hmm. Hey, we, yeah, we doing a training meeting. You know, show up if you want to. <laughs> and you know, in Korea, you know how the places like don't be there and see what happened. Right, it exactly. wasn't one of them type of places. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I interviewed for the first sergeant position, I was still as E seven. I was promotable. I had a sequence number. And my sergeant major, he told me he ended up regretting it. He said, "If I promote, if you." If I go ahead and let you be the first sergeant, you realize you're going to have to extend because the first sergeant was already in what eight months in his tour, maybe two or three months in his tour. So you would have to extend just so you could do the change of responsibility. So I was like, no, I've only been in Korea a day and I don't want to stay here any longer. <laughs> but it, it just goes just goes to show you what would have happened if I had told Mrs. Anderson, I'm going to have to stay here longer because I want to be a first sergeant, knowing that I was tired of the Army. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope it's making sense what I'm saying. It's of like, of course, yes. And then when I got here, it was such a letdown. And I was like, you know what? I need to do something to kind of get me going. So I tried to interview for the first arm position here at the unit of Fort Knox, but the MTO only allowed a signal guy to be the freaking first sergeant. Only signal dudes, 25 series. Wow. So the brigade CSM was like, well, you were 92 uh, alpha. And I'm like, well, I'm sure you can make a concession. I mean, you don't want to control all this stuff. Right. No, you got to have it because he was a signal guy. Got to mm-hmm. have a signal guy. So I said, at that point, I told Melissa, I said, it's time. Because mentally, and I just came off two major knee surgeries back to back. Mm-hmm. Why am I going to try to compete for this knowing that if I end up being this, you go down to Fort Bliss nine months at, at that academy. Mentally, mm-hmm. I'm not even there anymore. Right. You know right. what I mean? So I yeah. don't know. It kind of went off on a tangent. I always like to tell that story. You know what I mean? So I, no, I, I get, get it. it. I get it. When you know, you know, when you're done, because like the little thing came up to validate your records. I was like, decline. I was I was like number nine. And I was like, ah, decline. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want this. Like, and no, then when my, yeah. my yeah. packet. My packet initially got disapproved at HRC. Now we're at wow. Fort Knox. HRC is like right down the street. So it was a freaking uh, a sergeant major that was cool with my sergeant major. Mm-hmm. He's all oh, they made a mistake. He said, "My sergeant, you know, if you want to compete, you know, we can go ahead and pull it." And I'm like, I'm walking around. I got this big, and I still got it, this big old knee full of freaking fluid. I'm like, competing for what? No, I'm not about <laughs> to go down there and no. I said, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's time. I said, I've always, even when I was in the Marine Corps, I've always wanted to retire at the rank of E8. Anything else is great. I said, you know, we're good. Life is great. It's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Well, I, I made it further than what I what I wanted to because I, I actually wanted to be an Army nurse. And, yeah. you know, drill sergeant orders trump that. So 
I, you know, so for me to even be retiring as a first sergeant, that's that's a blessing because yeah, I, I had no intentions of ever being a first sergeant. <laughs> that is a beautiful. That is a beautiful thing to retire in the rank of first sergeant, E eight, sergeant major. At this point, you know, we ain't gonna even lie. It's a beautiful thing just to retire. Yes. Unscathed, yes. no yes. nonsense a- attached or affiliated. Just mm-hmm. retire. 20 plus years you got your 100 percent va that you gotta wait 800 years to get but when you <laughs> don't get say it, that no so i seen you said talking about you started yours in november and you got yours in what april look <laughs> can i tell another story of course so, story. i'm so thankful that me and M- melissa was like let's go years ago let's put some coins away in the event of you mm-hmm. know you you know that because mm-hmm. we all the smart people do it and when I got out, you know, you go to your retirement briefs. Oh, you ain't going to get paid for 120 days until you yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, okay, we got enough to last for a little bit. But at the end of the day, something may run out. Just the mm-hmm. course of life. So I retire 1 November 2020. Thank God. And I'm it's definitely you keep things in faith. My retirement, EA retirement came in that next month. So I'm like, okay, we still good. Wasn't worried about money, but I was worried about that VA. Right. That's that's what I was concerned about. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, how long is this going to take? Because we are accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Exactly. We yes. Got, we got this in the bank. <laughs> Melissa's working and all that. We're accustomed to this. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're missing a, a large chunk of this. It's going right. to be some issues. Exactly. Two exactly. or three years down the road. Mm-hmm. So I do my freaking VA. Oh, I submit this oh we didn't get that submit it again oh we lost it how you lose something when it's digital wow oh, the guy that's supposed to have it he got covid because i did all my stuff like during covid after covid mm-hmm. oh you got to do this oh you got to go do your appointment in nashville you got to go to one in louisville oh you got to go to the one in lexington oh you got to go to one in indianapolis oh sorry mr anderson we lost everything can you please do it all over wow frustrating that's what my depression was kicking in because mm-hmm. I was in the house by myself. Yeah, I can vent to M- Melissa, but she got her own work problems. She got to deal with right. all these GS people over there. <laughs> so I'm like, there's nothing to vent to. I try to call some SAR majors. They busy doing whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So depression really kicked in. So I said, let me just go ahead and go to these appointments. Be honest about it. Not cheating the system. So April, 20, April, April 1st of 2021, finally got the the 100% letter and all that stuff and everything was great and I always say yeah that took a long time but I read some of these things on those VA sites cats Mm -hmm. are still waiting and I think the reason why they're still waiting is too because sometimes you got to be a bulldog Mm -hmm. hey I turned this in last week I got documentation stating I turned it in right and that's what was helping me Mm -hmm. versus oh well you know if you guys find it call me they ain't gonna call you no, uh, uh-uh. I've been I've been standing on them too because I was um supposed to be doing the benefits before discharge BBDs, um, and I yep. started that back in April. Yeah, and these jokers and I had caught COVID, and so they canceled all my appointments. And I'm like, hey, when are y'all gonna reschedule my appointments? And I kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. And you know, once you hit that 67 day mark, you have to wait until you're on the retirement list. So now exactly. I have to wait until on the I'm on the retirement list. But yep. I would have reached reached out to my local DAV and they're yep. helping me with all my paperwork and stuff now. So yep. I'm like, I'm like, how am I not even fully retired yet? And I'm already having issues with the VA. 
I'm telling you, man. And I started the BDD process April of 20. I didn't retire to November 20. But they was like, well, we can't really do anything until you, you know, you're actually officially on retirement. Mm-hmm. But the paperwork was already in, but yes. they kept losing everything. And I'm like, how are you guys losing something that I'm sending through a freaking computer? Right. So I said, don't worry exactly. about it. I went to Fort Knox, the hospital. I burned a copy of all my records. I sent that disc and I copied all the freaking paperwork. Mm-hmm. They lose that. I'm I'm not 38 hot. I'm like 96 hot now. Wow. So our local DAV, God bless him, this dude was on it. He said, uh, I told him the whole situation. He's like, give me everything you got. And I'm thankful he did that because, you know, on the VA site, it tells you to fill out what you think is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You don't freaking know. I remember I had this. I remember I had that. I put seven things down. Oh, Lord. I got like 30 songs. Listen. <laughs> And when I gave it to the VA dude, he was like, dude, you serve two branches of service since 94. You got more stuff. He mm-hmm. said, give me a week. I'm going through it. That dude had like almost 45 freaking. I, I don't know if they call them complaints. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think it is complaints. 45 complaints. And I was like, how did you get that from that? And he was like, that's what he said, because you guys are serving. You just don't know. You just remember the knee ache back in 05. You don't remember nothing else. But all these appointments that I had totally forgot, he had mm-hmm. all those jokers. And, you know, so. sometimes they'll put stuff in your medical records and they won't even tell you that you have it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. you be looking at your medical records and be like, high blood pressure. I got high blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wouldn't even station there then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Man. So Fort Stewart is the last place. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. When you took that diamond. No, no, off, no. Fort Stewart wasn't the last place. Virginia. Virginia. But you was you a first sergeant in uh Fort Lee as well? No, I wasn't the first sergeant in Fort Lee. I was the um uh munitions division chief instructor. That's so right. So I was over the um the ammo schoolhouse. So take us back when you had the change of responsibility, the diamond comes off, mm-hmm. you're a master sergeant. What was that like? And then proceed to Fort Lee. Um, well, because of what was going on, I right. didn't even get to have a change of responsibility. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even get to have a change of responsibility. Um, I met with the brigade SAR major um, and the brigade commander at Fort Stewart. And they were like, you know, you've been vindicated. Uh, you know, nothing's going to happen. You right. know, it's been so long that we're not going to do a change of responsibility. And so... I took off my own diamond. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't I didn't even get to. Um, gotcha. And then they were getting ready to go down range again. Right. Uh, and I was like, I'm putting in my paperwork. I said, soon as soon as I'm eligible, I'm putting in my paperwork. And so um, I called Branch and they was like, because I was supposed to be going to Korea anyway um, during COVID and they canceled them. I was like, look, I said, I just need to get out of Fort Stewart. Um, so I went to Fort Lee, um, and that's when I was there, but I wasn't, even though my title was the uh, munitions division chief instructor, I was basically just the NCOIC, like the admin, like, um, I was like the first sergeant of the schoolhouse. Gotcha. Really gotcha. 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 Um, and stuff. And so I did that and I told him when I got there, cause Sergeant major, the brigade Sergeant major wanted me to take, um, another first sergeant position when I got there. And I was like, Sergeant Major, I said, respectfully, I said, if I didn't have intentions of already retiring, I said, I would. I said, but Sergeant Major, I'm retiring. I said, I'm done. 
Yeah. And he, he was like, I was like, if you need me to, absolutely, you done exhausted all means. Exactly. I'll put the diamond but, back on. But please ensure you exhaust all those means. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So and I so and I worked with um I worked with half civilians, half green suitors at the yeah. actual schoolhouse. Yeah. And I told my uh, my boss who was a GS thirteen, I told him I said, You'll get one year work out of me and then I'm out. Yeah. I got there November of twenty twenty. November of 2020, and then um, no- November of 2021, um, I submitted my packet. And then after the soldiers came back from holiday block leave, um, January of this year, I hadn't been back to work since. Um, so I, I told him I, I, I turned over my hand receipt, everything. Yep. I told him I said you're gonna get one solid good year out of yeah. me. I said, I will work all the way up until the end. And yeah. then after that, I'm done. So yeah. before I left Fort Lee, um, I had a couple of surgeries that I needed to knock out the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so between um convalescent leave yeah. and you know, regular leave, transition leave, permissive mm-hmm. TDY, all of that. I I have not, I think since January, I've probably put on my uniform maybe three times. <laughs> yeah. And that's how it was for me, because like I said, I retired November 20. But February of 20, I had my last knee. I had two knee surgeries, 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. So 20 was the full knee replacement. Wow. And my unit, it was a blessing, too. As much as I kicked and screamed about that unit, the brigade commander's policy was if you're six months away from retirement, the only thing I require you, the only action I require you to call in in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I'm alive. I'm good. I'm breathing. You mm-hmm. do that every day. If you don't, hey, we're going to pull you in. So I was like, shoot. Hey, Sergeant Major. Alarm to call in every day. <laughs> Sergeant Major, I'm good. Man, I'm telling you. Right. And my Sergeant Major, it was a blessing because he was retiring. Mm-hmm. So now you yeah. got a, a nine and an eight. Yeah. And the other mass arms, the other seven, oh, they pissed off. Well, I got to yeah. do this. Well, I got to do that. And so, excuse me. So now add in COVID to that. Mm-hmm. Everyone's oh, yeah. teleworking. DA art I'm DA now. DA is at the house. <laughs> I'm chilling, doing all this other stuff. They, I had to go on like a Teams meeting. That's when Microsoft Teams was be. Mm-hmm. So I do yeah. like the little team. You know, every once a week we do a little whatever. And there's like Massarn. I'm assuming you good. See, I'm good. See y'all later. Because you know, I, I, whatever y'all doing, I don't even care no more. Exactly right. And just to just to add on what you were saying. The only time I put on a uniform from February 2020 to November 2020 was probably a total of two times. Mm-hmm. All my out processing and yep. my freaking retirement ceremony. Yep, exactly. And that was freaking <laughs> it. And when I went to my retirement ceremony, my wife had got my uniform out to clean. Man, I put that joke on. I was like, whoo, somebody been living a little too good. Let Them me bu- tell you. Let me tell you about it. I had to go buy a new jacket <laughs> just for my retirement ceremony. Man. And I'm like, what I the like, freak? <laughs> I'm like, what the freak happened, man? Yeah. The master sergeant rank was like stretched down to my, my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and then these cats want to take pictures. Master come with you and your family. I take pictures on, on the stage. You got the freaking CG right here and all these cats. But it was like, hey, man, you done did what you needed to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I was like, man, life is going to be freaking great. 
Yes. And when I final, when I did my final out, and I want you to share yours as well. When I when you did all the paperwork and everything, and she was like, "My son, you are done." And when she gave me those documents, I kind of just sat there, and I walked outside outside of the uh, the one stop, and I kind of just looked around, looking around Fort Knox, and I'm like, "It's over. It's freaking done." Mm-hmm. It was like a, it was a, it was a moment of. I guess I want to say it was a moment of pause mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. all the memories, being a wow. troop, going mm-hmm. through the multiple branches and the leaders and people I've been stationed with and the good guys, the bad guys, all that. For those 30 seconds, I sat there and, and all that was just like facing me because that ride was over. And I'm sure you had that same experience as well. It's just like, wow. I guess my biggest thing is like, who am I now? You know, wow. for the last 23 plus years, I've had something in front of my name. Yeah. And now I'm just Juanita. Yeah. You know, it's 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 weird. And to even hear people say my first name, is, it, it's still it, weird. It, it is. <laughs> it is. When I hear someone say Damon, you know, I was at the VA one day going to all these and you'll be going to these VA appointments. I remember sitting there there's a Damon Anderson I'm sitting down on my phone scrolling through. <laughs> Damon Anderson. Scrolling on my phone. There's a Master Sergeant Anderson. Said, yes! <laughs> they, know we know, they know we don't know our first name. Man, I'm like, who the frick is this Damon dude? And I'm like, dude, they talking to you and everybody looking around when she said Master Sergeant Anderson, and I think they they know to do that. That's that trigger, right? And I hopped yeah. up, and I was like, "Wow!" But you just said something. You was like, "Who am I now?" Mm-hmm. Wow, who am I now? Yeah, and Beautiful. I'm 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 still trying to figure it out. Um, you know, I got a couple of business ventures. Yeah. Um, with, with my wellness center. Yes, um, I definitely you know, want you so, to talk about um, that. I'm kind of, um, I, it's like the last year I did a lot of different certifications. I did a microblading certification, yeah. a loctician certification, yeah. a new parent educator certification, yeah. a birth and postpartum doula certification. Yeah. I saw that. Two classes from finishing my master. So it's yes. like I've did a lot of stuff. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, what 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 am I going to do with all of this? Yeah. So I backed it up. I talked to a girlfriend of mine who um, retired probably about four or five years ago. Um, and she was like, perfect one craft at a time. Wow. So what I'm, I'm focusing on my birth and postpartum slash new parent educator business, uh, which is spirit of life wellness studio, um, which I, cause with that, I can encompass my yoga and my fitness, um, into that, as well, working with, um, you know, pregnant people and their families um, in the whole the whole scope of mind, body and soul. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to, to focus on now. I've joined a couple of um, birth worker uh, groups here in San Antonio for networking um, mm-hmm. and especially um, in the black and minority community because yeah. we need we need we need birth workers. Yes. Uh, we need to give, you know, give our birth and families a voice yeah. uh, because there's so many uh, disparities. We talk about the mental health disparities, you know, in our community, but we also have those maternal disparities 
disparities as well because right. I've I've been in the birthing room with you know my Caucasian clients and I've been in the birthing room with my um with my minority um either black or Hispanic clients and it's it's a different atmosphere and I never would have believed that because we're not used to seeing that in the military exactly exactly and you saw that and I'm sure it was disheartening and now the Lord is pressing upon you. Let's, you may not fix the problem, but you can you can kind of enhance it from your level, from the right. grassroots level. Exactly. Exactly. Right. My my, you know, my my thing for my moms is, you know, helping them to identify themselves um, through empowerment. I'm, I'm here to educate, support and empower you to be yeah. able to advocate for yourself. So there that's you my whole thing is about giving giving, you know, my, my mothers and, and my families that education so they'll know because yep. you don't know what you don't know exactly. You know? And, exactly and i provide them with evidence-based support you know i'm not going to tell you you know the wives tales or what i think should work no i'm going to show you evidence-based exactly so, just like how we did in military i'm gonna show you the rag exactly you know what? exactly exactly i'm gonna show you right here in black yeah. and white Yes, yep. yes. I didn't be, even think about it. Think yeah. about that correlation, but you are so right. That, that's all it is. That, yes. It's like I tell my son and daughter, I ain't telling you because I'm guessing. I'm telling you because I know. Exactly. Hello. Exactly. Yeah, I, I tell mine something similar. I tell yeah. you, I, I, I say, I'm telling you something that I know. I ain't telling you something that I heard. I'm telling, I'm you, telling something you something that I know. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, com. Cause it's on your page. Uh, yes. Yep. So I'm gonna grab that and I have it on the overlay and you know, pretty and okay, everything. Cool. So cool. And I do offer um, virtual and in person support. In person, if you're in the San Antonio area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ain't gonna be in Russia talking about. Can I get some assistance? Right. Exactly. But I go holler at Vladimir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, LJ, is there anything else you want to cover? Uh, no, um, not for me, but I just want to tell you that how happy I am that you reached out. Um, it was, it was good to connect with you and Z again, always, even though we've been in contact over the years, yeah. especially when we came out on the seven list, the eight list, we yeah. kind of, you know, followed each other along yeah. the way. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful of your podcast um because Appreciate i had it. seen it you know um a couple of episodes and things and then i really sat down and and watched uh watched the whole thing uh with you and z and i see what you're doing and it's it's good i'm so happy for you thank um, you thank you you need to be on somebody's radio show <laughs> <laughs> you know you need to have like you know the da radio show or something yeah. Podcast, you need to, you know, get out there, and you know, everybody needs to hear your show because it's awesome, especially in the military. You know, those that are new to the military and those that, you know, are seasoned or those retiring. You know, your show offers something for every service member, no matter where they are in their career. They can, you know, they can glean from, you know, from our experiences. Yeah. And, you know, they can see what worked for us and what didn't work what for didn't us. Work. And, that, you know, that, adapt and overcome. That's it. And, you know, and that was the whole point. I've always, you know, and I talked about this in episodes when I first started this thing. Um, I've always admired people behind the microphone. Not some, so much singers, but I always loved the guys and gals I would hear on the radio. How do they make their voice like that? What do they do? What is those buttons? I was always interested in that. 
but I was intimidated by it because, you know, you, you don't know. And like I said, when I was going through the whole depression phase, I really felt the Lord say, hey, you got a story to tell. Are you going to keep it to yourself? Mm. And so our basement, I converted this is like a spare bedroom. So I converted. I got like my man cave back there, mm-hmm. but I converted the spare bedroom. And Melissa was like, dude, why don't you just make a studio? Don't make it difficult. I was like, woman, no, I, say, I ain't say that, but you know, so I was like, let me start buying things. And if you ever get a chance to look at like my first few episodes, no clue. I didn't know how to do overlays. I didn't know how to do picture in pictures. If I was describing something, I said, yeah, I bought a phone. I will show you just the picture instead of just letting it, you know, hover over. I didn't know that, but I'm so thankful that the Lord put in my spirit to tell your story it's like the lord putting your spirit hey there's issues within our community Mm -hmm. that's not in their community Mm -hmm. not to be you know us against them but there's there's issues our struggles different than theirs exactly Mm -hmm. use everything that you've learned through all all those all those years of being the mother hen what is freaking apple man all those years of being the mother hen let's employ that you did it in the military how can we employ those those uh, TTPs as we call right, them? right. techniques, tactics, mm-hmm. and procedures? Mm-hmm. How can we make Mother Diana better? How can mm-hmm. we make Father Richard better? How can right. we make the daughter and son better? So mm-hmm. you talk about me being proud. I'm proud of you for freaking <laughs> doing that because you never wavered on faith. You never wavered on helping people. Even when you used to get on my nerve when we was in the talking <laughs> career. All right, LJ, dang, I get it done. <laughs> <laughs> but you never freaking wavered. You, you always was a champion for the right thing. So I definitely appreciate that coming from you. Definitely. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All good. All right, so if that's it, we'll conclude the episode without doing <laughs>